we got months, but um, they might just need to be on our own too if we don't necessarily do the movies. Months. When are the actual Oscars? April. Yeah, they're Soon. in a couple of weeks. In a couple of weeks. Hmm. I'm surprised you didn't know that. <laughs> Welcome to our Film Fathers podcast, the definitive podcast about fatherhood, film, and fatherhood and film. This is Jelani, and with me as always are my Big Mac and Big Mick, Martin and Brady. Son, I know we never had a talk about this, but I always assumed you had sex with your bathers. I know I do. I want a woman who will arouse my intellect as well as my loins. This week, we travel from Zamunda to Queens and back again, and again, with Coming to America and the sequel, Coming to America. Two. This was a lot of Eddie Murphy and Arsenio <laughs> Hall, huh? <laughs> All day, every day. Yeah. Whether it needed to be made or not, it was... Uh, they spared no expense getting everyone back. They did get Every everyone back. Every living they, actor. They got everyone back. <laughs> and then some. And then some. And really just kind of rehashed every single joke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It was it was an homage, right? An homage to the original. And yeah, there were some, some of them that didn't need to be there, I, I think. But there were other ones that were just like, okay, I'm glad to see that. Like The jokes you're talking about or the people? Some of the jokes. jokes. Yeah, that's, oh, I, that's what yeah. I think too. Like I feel like... Every, some of the jokes, I was like, all right, I mean, this was, it was funny the first time, but like you didn't have to just do it the same exact way the second time. Yeah, I don't know if it's, I mean, you're talking about a significant gap. I mean, you're looking at like 33 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe you get a new audience. I mean, Prime's really trying to get a new audience to watch the movie. And I didn't successfully think, I think it was like whoever's determining this stuff anymore. It was like the most watched. Movie I mean, there was ever. no way I wasn't going to watch it. Right. right? And I'm right. sure you guys are the same way. Yeah. Honestly, I was going into it saying, all right, I want to watch the sequel first because I don't want to watch the original and then watch the sequel and be disappointed that I'm like, oh. I did the same thing. Really? I I was kind of, I I just really wanted to get into it. I'd seen Coming to America so many times. I'm like, I I think I know the jokes and I know it would probably be better to latch onto everything and have it fresh in my mind for the second one. But I felt I felt it was okay, and I don't regret the way I, the the order in which I watched yeah. it. Yeah, interesting. I see, like, oh, this is uh, supposed to be the same, you know, a, a, a sequel, but sequentially it happens later. I'm like, I'm gonna start at the end. Actually, that plays entirely with how you <laughs> t- how you look at things and talk about movies. <laughs> what am I thinking? But, but Jelani did it too. I know that's actually weird. Now, if I think it's weird, Jelani probably did it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the one person who didn't come back. Was the sister? Well, that not the only, but yeah, I mean, one noticeable in my eyes. I agree. Yeah. I kept waiting for Patrice to uh, right. to pop up somewhere. Yeah, just like hanging out, you know, maybe an ambassador of a Z- Zamunda or something, latching on to somebody else in Zamunda, just uh, you right. know, thinking That's, he was going to be the prince. I think that might have been funnier if they brought you know the <laughs> the jacket, uh, the hand under the jacket scene, because <laughs> uh, his mom, uh, that actress, uh, passed away. In yes. like 95. So that's why she wasn't in it. Right. And I actually questioned if James Earl Jones was like on his deathbed or something because he literally was only in bed. And I'm like, oh, maybe. But they said he's actually pretty healthy. He's just, that's all they really needed. And so yeah. I, don't, I don't think he's, you know, running, out running laps. But I mean, he's, they got yeah, him for. He looked, he looked good. Yeah. I thought. He seemingly, he feels like he should be like 120 by now. <laughs> I know. That's. <laughs> James Earl Jones, 137 years old. <laughs> He's been old since I've seen him. <laughs> um, now, I will tell you who I was most surprised seeing that I swore was dead. 
Louis Anderson. He, he's in a show. I so I, he's been in oh, a show like on FX. He plays a woman. Oh, I don't remember recently? what it's called. It was uh, the one it's with not baskets. Is it? That's what. Yeah, is it with yeah. Galifianakis? Gal- okay, yeah. yeah. He plays yeah. Galifianakis' mom. Oh, okay. so I knew that he was alive. So I, I just hadn't. I hadn't seen him, and so and that's maybe what he's been doing. And I haven't watched that show. But yeah, it was. I was. I was. I just swore I heard. I don't know who I'm mixing him up with. That I, I could, thought passed I away. I can see believe, that being believable. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, I. He. I. Honestly, I think he may even have been nominated a couple years ago for this show. He random. He plays the mom, and apparently, well. Yeah, I've heard some. Have you? So you. You haven't seen it. No. Yeah, no, I've I heard some. Some things about the show. We got. I got to check it out. So coming to America from 1988, a prince travels to America to find a woman to find his queen. In Queens, <laughs> a great a great touch in and of itself. By yeah. the way, when they're where where will we find such a <laughs> in Queens? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that's what I just I th- I think this one had just a lot. It just has a lot of heart, and it's Eddie Murphy. Is this the one that made him, or is this in his prime? This is so. This is right after he left. A couple films after he left uh, SNL. Yeah. So he was kind of a known entity at this point, but pre Beverly Hills Cop. No. This is post Beverly. So, so so this is Beverly Hills Cop came out like the year before. Okay, so 80, he's on top of the world. Beverly Hills Cop point. was 84. 80, so yeah. years before. Trading Places was 83. Yes. Sorry. 48 hours was his first it was 82. Okay. Beverly so, Hills Cop 2. So he's top before. of his game in this yeah. in this movie, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah, um, he's out there Eddie Murphy's well, a well-known I think to the point that he could essentially make this movie mm-hmm, at, right, you know, at how he wanted to do it. The first time he ever did the multiple characters you know, which obviously he leaned on that for with the clumps <laughs> many, yeah. many years uh, down the road. That so. that might be one of my favorite scenes of any of his movies is that from the Nutty Professor that first dinner scene. Yeah, Hercules. Hercules. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, yes, totally, totally agree. It's so good. That whole family it's is, still hold is up. Done so well. I'd have to go back and watch. But yeah, when the grandma's like, "You're walking over, but you're limping back." I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean i agree i did i didn't i went into that movie expecting not to like it at all just but i, I ended up loving it so yeah uh, and i think that that fa- that's why they made the sequel with just the clumps because i think it was so so popular and yeah so right. beloved um but but yeah back, back to this movie i think the guys in the barbershop too are just i, I think that's hilarious. what everybody pulls from i mean i would say for a while i definitely didn't see this in 88 Safe to say, I yeah, don't know when later. I saw it, but I mean, if I had to guess, mid '90s when I was a teenager. Yeah, but I remember this being close to as quotable a movie as I could. I knew at the time. It felt like almost everything they said was hilarious, and you could yeah. walk around quoting it all the time. Or write song lyrics to it, like Kanye did. Yeah, <laughs> like everybody did. I mean, everybody took inspiration, and that was one of the things that you know. It just sticks in your mind, like like you said, Brady. You don't ever remember like seeing this movie, but everybody knows this movie, right? And you know, like you said, Kanye wrote lyrics to it. Luda has his second album. The first, the intro is all based on the first song is all based on "Coming to America." That's I think is actually the title track, or not the title track, but the first track. Yeah. And uh, you know, Busta took it for "Put Your Hands Where My Eyes Can See." That was the inspiration for that video. I don't remember the video now. I know the song. Oh, Sorry. go back and watch the video. It's there's an elephant chasing him at one point. There's everybody <laughs> dancing. It's is it Babar? It could be Babar. <laughs> Hello, Babar. <laughs> Even going further to like the Lion King, like yeah. Madge Sinclair and James Earl Jones are uh, Sarabi and Mufasa. They're yeah. the voices, just because like that's 
that's who you think it of. played. <laughs> I mean, it, it played so well, right? Yeah, James James Earl Jones as Mufasa is iconic, right? <laughs> oh yeah, uh, which they even I'll do your uh, jump ahead here, but they even Snipes had the line about the he was the inspiration for Mufasa in the second movie. Oh yeah, he does. The, the guy, the intro guy, was like talking about him before he walks in the room. He's like, he's the inspiration for Mufasa, which I thought was an interesting, <laughs> uh, interesting touch. Call out again. The story itself is kind of just—it's a classical fairy tale story, right? Yeah. You know, he goes to Queens to find his queen, and then, but he doesn't want to come off as She's showy. Young. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna bust it out, go for it. I'm gonna let you uh, hit those notes. I don't have the falsetto anymore for that. <laughs> anymore <laughs> anymore <laughs> oh no brady back in the day that once had the false once upon a time <laughs> but yeah i mean that that scene was hilarious um and yeah it's just like you said I, I don't think it's a very it wasn't breaking any grounds in terms of um the fairy tale story like you knew what was going to happen you knew where it was going to end up but still every step along the way i think you were entertained yeah. and and it was all about just the originality of every character and everything like that. I mean, even I, the stuff that gets me, and maybe it's because after a while you start, I feel like I oftentimes I'm almost looking for the next line. It's like, okay, the really popular lines, like, hey, I'm over that, you know, I'll like, I'm gonna, I like the, the next tier line. Esoteric that, under the radar, you know, and like the cabbie dropping around, I was like, this shitty enough for you? Like, <laughs> That to me, I, I I mean, I was dying watching that again. I know it. And I'm like almost saying it with him, but it, it cracks me up to no end. Or like the, how oblivious he is and he's yelling in the morning and people are like, fuck you. Yeah. And he's like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Those, those scenes were so, were so funny. Yes. Yeah, when everyone's yelling back at him, that's just so New York, right? Right. Like, yeah. I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> one guy that just very pronounced every word. And it's it so just, it good. Yeah. Right. That's the stuff. That's what makes me laugh really, really hard in the movie. Like, I feel like some of the other lines, whether it's saying them and hearing them for 20 plus years, it's just like, okay, yeah. But it's like that stuff still, still cracks me up. I guess, you know, that's a testament to the writing because you look at all the, even the just like the bit players that were in it, like Frankie Faison as the uh, oh, landlord. The landlord. He's like, yeah, can we get some meager accommodations? He's yeah. like, yeah, these are real shitholes. <laughs> Damn shame what they Damn did to that shame dog. What they did that. Dog. <laughs> like you walk into that apartment, the blood is still on the walls. <laughs> it's like, or he, move, he moves him back down to his. He's like, is it look poor? He's like, yeah, it's a shit. It's a real shithole. You'll love it. <laughs> oh, Faison, he had to love that role. Yeah, so good. Um, and then just all the way through. And then even, like you said, Martin, it's a familiar story, but you have an almost entirely black cast. So you have like all these people that aren't typically seen in this light, which makes it even like more unusual, but also exciting because it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is, you have a royal black family and you're competing with a successful small business owner, which is McDonald's now franchised. We have like 27 locations. How many locations are we looking at now for the McDowell's? <laughs> in, in coming to America? In coming to America. Well, I mean, they've got one in Zamunda. I mean, they're, they're worldwide. <laughs> so, <laughs> I bet they got the rights on Zamunda, though. I bet McDonald's is locked down. Yeah. And then even uh, the Jenks with the, the Solgo franchise, right? Like yeah. another you know business that's gone international, right? Uh, um, you, you know, we didn't have Eric LaSalle back, right? I, yeah. So yeah. I, I read they, he, I mean, they asked him to. He apparently. I, I remember him from ER, you know, for a while yeah, totally. there. He apparently is, directs a lot of Chicago PD or oh. or one of the Chicago procedurals that's all over NBC and couldn't find it in the time 
to uh, uh, so you make, what, you make time for that. Yeah, that's what you, that's kind of what I thought. So I, I, you wonder if maybe there was just like, yeah, I don't need to go back down that road or whatever. But it's like I don't know. Feel yeah, like because he might have he might have gotten right. I was gonna say he might he may have gotten. Um, I don't know. It was just might they might have made fun of him even more. Maybe he hated the way he. I don't know. It's you never know how you know maybe what the feelings are but it's it does feel like it's like yeah of course i'll be in the set you know in yeah. the remake or whatever but we you mentioned louis anderson and i saw a note on him that and actually they said it this year eddie murphy and arsenio that he was cast because the studio made them put a white person in the movie they they, they mandated that there was a white comedian and they picked him out of the three that were offered because they they thought his stand-up was really funny Hence him being the lone uh, white actor. There was a reason for that. They were told they had to, uh, which unfortunately plays with uh, movie studios. And yeah. in 1988, and probably unfortunately, uh, <laughs> still today to this day. But yeah, but I mean, but he got to come back. Yeah, because he's alive. Because he he's comes alive. back. <laughs> he's immortalized in in Kanye's song. Yeah. This week, this week I'm up on floors. Next week I'm on fries. <laughs> yep. One of my favorite. After seeing this over and over again, and finally like really like digging into it, watching it when he gives the money yeah, on the date, I knew you were gonna. I knew you were gonna oh, say it. Duke and Duke. The Dukes. Oh, I, yeah, I, 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 that, that was that was Jelani's scene all over. It. I was like, yes, I'm not talking to you, Mortimer. He's like, we're back. <laughs> and they got the, they got them back in. Well, they didn't get them back. They um they had the paintings of them, but they they referenced with it, the grandson, so. yeah. yeah, Colin, yeah, <laughs> Jost. Colin Jost. <laughs> which again was a perfect casting. Perfect. I I could I would put Colin Jost in just about anything. I think he's he, he cracks me up at all times, but especially for that role, like yeah. when he's calling him out, like, "Oh, you've never had anybody give you a handout, drive you to rehab." He's like, "It was just my mom. It was my dad." I really and, thought I was going to see Michael Che in some way, shape, or form, that, like walk into the room, like because they're so good together, hundred percent. Yeah, and I felt I that's I kept thinking like Che's gonna walk in at some point and like there's gonna be that symbiote this relationship is gonna play out right in front but didn't happen so. yeah sorry Che <laughs> just a solid solid great movie and again watching it I told Jen I'm like I really don't need to watch this because I know it by heart but you know bringing it back on and then you know seeing again like the barbershop scenes the the black awareness rally. You know, this boy is good. Yeah. Good and terrible. <laughs> Sexual chocolate. You know him as the policeman from the Welcome Home Joe episode of... <laughs> With Rick Baker doing the makeup for them, I okay. I still look at Eddie Murphy. I couldn't... Like, I look at... Uh, shit, Randy Watson? Randy Watson, and I'm like, that, that doesn't even look like Eddie oh, Murphy. So I, I, can get the, I can get there with, with him. I mean, you, the white actor alone... When you're the white Jewish guy in the oh, barbershop, I love like, Sal. that one <laughs> is yeah. Like even if you close your eyes and try to like Eddie Murphy's talking, Eddie Murphy's talking, you're like, I don't, I don't hear it. Well, and, and really, any of the voices that he does, like he does them really well. So and they, he, uh, for Saul specifically, Murphy said he wanted to test it out. He got a golf cart and drove from one studio department to another in the Paramount Studios, and he would get out and talk in his regular voice and say, "Hi, I'm Eddie Murphy," and no one believed him. <laughs> I mean, I, I would agree. And then you, on top of it, you add the amazing voice. And then voice. you add the voice, right? There's so no way. Like, he I'm, tried, I'm he still, like, he tried to convince the, myself. The, the, just to test the makeup out, and it was like, that was absolutely nailed. Arsenio is definitely, you can, I identified him as the old witch doctor that in the, you know, in the remake. So yeah. like, you can, I, Baba you, or whatever. You can, yeah. you can identify him a little bit more, but Murphy does hide it. And, and 
is good enough at voices to go along with the makeup that yeah he can yeah. he can distinguish himself. Have you ever seen that sketch on Saturday Night Live when he dresses as the white guy? Uh, I don't. Uh, Eddie it, Murphy. Yeah, it's it's an old sketch, but I he, think I've seen. I it. think maybe, but it's it's been a while. So he goes around like New York as a white guy, and then, like he's sitting on the bus or whatever, and like the last black guy gets off the bus, and then like champagne starts flowing, and they start turning on music and dancing, <laughs> and then it's just like, oh, this is how white people act when we're not around. <laughs> it's. Today it would be like, oh my god, you can't do that. But it was funny back in the seventies. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, he, Eddie Murphy definitely is. I mean, his stand up is some of the all time yeah, best. Yeah. What the red the red jumpsuit one was that raw? It's raw and deli- Deli- delirious. delirious is the purple one. Okay, yeah, but those two, I don't even know which ones, uh, which one I would rank higher. But they're both just so good. Yeah. And that's why I say because I know this is all after that. So he was just on top of his game with this one. Can we talk a little bit about uh, Lisa McDowell? Okay. <laughs> uh, no. I don't know. You guys, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys aren't, aren't big fans. <laughs> um. Yeah. I def. I definitely was. Yeah. I think. I think she was on. I'm pretty sure she was on one of my mom's soaps that she watched a, a soap opera like late, in the late '80s or early '90s. So I remember her from that too. But yeah, I've always, I've always loved her. And she looked good in the in the, in the sequel. <laughs> yeah. Still now. So she did. I thought she did look good as well. Um. Yeah. I. I don't know. She didn't really do anything for me. Didn't do it for you. No. You prefer Patrice. <laughs> which mcdowell sister do you like speaking of the mcdowells john amos john amos love john amos i even loved it especially in the in the sequel seeing him again he like brought everything together even in the story itself he was a focal point kind of there at the yeah end, as and, a sage advice right exactly so like once his dad passed just needing that like father figure to like kind of settle him and and you know help him through this this tough times and all of his quips about McDowell's and how it's different from McDonald's, even in the new one. Like, the McFlurby, our toppings are on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> toppings at the bottom. Yeah. I mean, I, that kind of it kind of lost it. That was a joke, I think, I'm, one too many times. They I'm went to that you. well one too many times. Well, and so they said that actually happened, though. They, they made up a Wendy's or a Burger King, like an empty building in New York, as a McDowell's for the movie. And and while shooting, lawyers showed up from McDonald's, threatening lawsuits because they didn't know what was going on. And like, <laughs> and we're just like, whatever you're doing, it's not gonna not okay. So that actually, ironically, did happen real time. But uh, I agree with you. I kind of was just like, all right, all right, like, yeah. Like I, you, you, you could telegraph these jokes. Like you knew what was coming. Yeah. To me, I don't know if they could have made it made a better joke other than topics on the bottom or something like that. Like that would that just would have, would have played. But you also just kind of knew it was going. And yeah, it's for the nostalgia factor. You're like, it's great and it's great that they got everyone back and did it. But but yeah, they they didn't try to make a new movie. <laughs> they just they were capitalizing. I'm I'm circling back here because I was uh, I was doing some clicking while you were. Which of these three soaps was uh, Sherry Headley Headley? I don't know how to pronounce your last Headley, name. Headley, I think. Lisa McDowell. I'm, I'm, I'm going to know it. Was but. your mom's uh, soap. We got... You don't even have to give me. I'm going to say it's All My Children. She was in All My Children. Oh. She was in Guiding Light. It's gonna she was in more of them. And she wow. was in The Bold and the Beautiful. How? That's what I'm saying. Three. <laughs> <laughs> so it's All My Children that my mom watched. I, that was what she was in the longest, but I... And, and closest to the... To, that was the first one after this movie. Do... Is that common? Like, do they jump... 
different soaps like that? I don't know. That's, that's networks too, because I yeah, all my children was ABC. I can tell you that because I had a you know for in high school I knew which ones were which when I was homesick from guiding, school. Yeah, that's guiding all, light that's with CBS. All you could do. <laughs> that's all you could do. Your mom was watching. All my children, One Life to Live, General Hospital was like the noon <laughs> to two. Wow, Brady, <laughs> yeah. dropping some knowledge on the soap. Days of Our Lives was NBC. Oh yeah, Luke and Laura. God damn it. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. We got a, we got a whole other element to Brady I didn't know existed. No one knew. <laughs> Until now. Now the world knows. But sorry. I was curious. I, yeah, I was weirded out by the same thing. That I was like, whoa, she's on three different soap operas kind of like consecutively. So people liked her. People, people loved her apparently, yeah. Not just me. Loved her enough to bring her back for the sequel. And I thought they had, you know... For me, they had good chemistry on on screen, um, and it worked. I don't um, care about Patrice. I don't <laughs> care about Daryl either. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great line, right? But it, it, they didn't. They underutilized her, I think, in the in the second one. Like she had, I don't know. You just yeah, it just wasn't about her. I think for the most part. So I I I don't disagree with you. I think she had her moments. She got to, you know, she. I don't know if we want to go. Yeah, I think we, we, we could probably. I did want to mention. I did want to mention quick though about the first one. The, a couple uh, cameos from future stars. Oh yeah, I the, saw. Um, hold on, Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, in young this, in the Cuba seat, Gooding in the, in the chair and in say the a word. Chap. Just getting the haircut. Yep. He. Uh, so that was a very interesting cameo, considering what he turned out to be. And that's just a, you know, I don't know how old he was, but pretty young. Sam Jackson was already in stuff. Yeah, but it's still a random small. It's a cameo role. I mean, he played um, that character, I think, a few times in, in Spike Lee movies, too. Yeah, we uh, talked about him and Do the Right Thing as the DJ, yeah. and that was before this, right? Was that 85? No, no 89. 88. Ooh, so that was right after right this, after or this. simultaneously. Yeah. So maybe this is kind of a jumping off one. This might have been, he might have been a little more known name at that point. But yeah, that was a, he was great as the uh, as the stick-up man. Uh, you had Vonde Curtis Hall was the guy guy at the St. John's game. I don't know. The, if you... Like the waiter or the, yeah, like the, the usher, waiter, uh, usher or the concession stand Concessions. Man? Whatever. Oh, yeah. The one that. There's a better word than making yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The one that's starstruck. And I think I saw it was his first movie. Really? Randomly what else enough. What else is he in? I know he's done a lot of like TV stuff as well, but he's a a working black actor. Like he's in a lot of things. Yeah. I think I've seen him in a bunch of movies. Most known for uh, Romeo and Juliet movie with Leo. Mm-hmm. Um, Falling Down. Great movie. Yeah. Broken Arrow. Yeah, he's been in some things and uh, Chicago Hope. All right. Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't know him either. But, but yes, I, I definitely rec- recognized um, him. Anyone else up and coming? Brady. Those were the Those Cuba were the and, uh, okay. and Samuel were the two that uh, that jumped out to me. We added. I don't know. We, we can start yeah, let's talk, about, talk about the second one. But I yeah. think the uh, one of the great additions was uh, Wesley Snipes. <laughs> it's good to see Snipes. Sorry, I'm going to cut back real That's quick, right. only because I I think it. I wanted to mention. So one other thing, though, about the the first one was uh, the director, John Landis. Yeah. Who did Three Amigos. Yeah. Um, a couple of years prior to this. And then has quite the quite the backstory. <laughs> and Eddie and him had, a, had quite the backstory as well. And I think by the end of this, didn't get along at all. And eventually reconciled. And he came back and did Beverly Hills Cop 2, uh, like, whatever, six years later. Yeah, he was... Directing a movie. No, Beverly Hills Cop 3. You're right. Beverly Hills Cop 3. Yeah. Correct. Part of it was like Landis had directed Trading Places. Mm-hmm. and Right, which is how they knew each other. I right, think, how they know. knew each other. And then when they rejoined for this, Landis thought Eddie had gotten too big for his britches and was like, no, I can't work with him. He's too much and all this stuff. And 
Eddie was like, damn right. <laughs> I, I wrote this. I'm at the height of my game. Yeah. You are coming off of Twilight Zone where somebody died on your set. Yeah. And like, you're lucky to have a job. And then they, like Brady said, they had a falling out. And then years later, they're like, hey, guess what? Let's do Beverly Hills Cop 3. Yeah, I mean, John Landis has has directed some really great, like, SNL. He basically works with, like, a lot of the SNL um, cast, it seems like. Um, but, like, Blues Brothers and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, no no doubt about it that Eddie Murphy's the bigger the well, bigger and, drawing power and stuff. And no one was going to touch him after the he had this accident happened and had manslaughter charges against him mm-hmm. from, you know, the 1983 movie. And, and Murphy essentially put him back on the map because he said he wanted him and made Paramount hire him. And they did. and But then they had their own falling out. I'm, I got to think Paramount's like, told you. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, yeah, that it all came around. I thought it was, I actually didn't know he had done uh, Three Amigos until we just did that and recognizing that name from then. But I, I prior to that, didn't know that he had done that movie. So, In coming to America from 2021, a king travels to America to find a prince. So this is the sequel to coming to America. Did they take the midnight train to Zamunda? <laughs> Probably. Glass is driving. People have told me about some of the cameos again in this one, and they're just... It would have been a long conversation. <laughs> yeah. They're off the charts. Like, they just called, hey, do you want to do something? As we, we highlighted a couple of people, you know, Colin Jost and Morgan Freeman... Morgan uh, Freeman was great because you don't see him at first. You're just catching the voice during the. It's like, oh, of course. And like, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> He's there in person. James Earl Jones is back. Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan as Uncle Reem. They love, wanted. Love Tracy Morgan. I could have used more of him. Eddie Murphy wanted Tracy Morgan to play the prince. That's his son. Yeah, yeah. That's what I. That's what I thought. It when I saw his name, I'm like, oh, so he's gonna be. And everyone son. was like, no, he's too old. He's the same age as you. And he's like, I don't care. He's really funny. <laughs> I was, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that because I was thinking kind of similar. It would have been more funny to have just like yes. I I and, and he would have played as um. Well, I mean, they would have had to age somebody up <laughs> to, to do it, but they, they do that all the time. In this First movie, of all, so okay. I think with the quality of this movie script. I don't think we would have had to be married to ages, and <laughs> totally. like, we could have had the same people involved. Just like whatever, you're the, you're his, you're her son, and uh, this is just the way it goes. Yeah, and I thought <laughs> what I thought they were going to do is just have like a, a twist at the end where it wasn't actually his son. They were going to reveal it, and then and then he was going to. I thought he was going to end up with his daughter or something like that. They were just going to do something like that, which I thought would have been more. There was some interesting <laughs> chemistry there. Yeah, I was like, like I was, was like, like picking up on it. Well, I was picking up on the chemistry they did lean on. I was like, clearly there seemed to be, you know, there with the the hair the, the hairstylist or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. But then it did seem like with the daughter, I was like, uh, is this weird? What's happening here? <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, there has to, to like, they wouldn't other. do that unless they were planning on something else, but then they never, it never materialized. So I you don't know. know if, he didn't know her. I'm sure it was, you know, just natural <laughs> element. It felt, he's just going with the flow. Yeah. They hadn't, they didn't get to the point where they had to question what was happening. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, Leslie Jones, another, uh, you know, another new addition. And Jermaine Fowler is who obviously did play the Prince. Right. We saw him very, very briefly in uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, very briefly, too briefly. But uh, he's had—I mean, he's had a heck of a year. Yeah. What? What else? Or just those? those no, I mean, two, those two those in two the last. Yeah. Released in the last six months or last couple yeah. months. Yeah. So he's had a—he had a show on CBS for a while with Judd Hirsch. Um, oh, that was him. Yeah. Oh, I remember all the ads. I definitely—I pretty much won't watch a show on CBS <laughs> just out of principle. Uh, he's also in "Sorry to Bother You" with Lakeith. 
which if you guys go ahead and watch that, we can talk about that one on a different <laughs> podcast. Completely different discussion. But I thought he did all right. I mean, it, yeah. there wasn't a whole lot of heavy lifting here. That I yeah. think when I saw the preview, at one point, I thought it was Michael B. Jordan who was the prince because of the hair that they seemingly just took Michael B. Jordan's hair from uh, Black Panther and put it on him. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, it's not Michael B. Jordan. And then I was like, and then I saw something. That they, they did that like almost intentionally. They're like, yeah, they just made the same hairstyle that Michael B. Jordan had. It's like, all right, I guess. Uh, I kind of thought his hair worked, to be honest. Yeah, I thought it was fine the first time, right? But uh, speaking of Michael B. Jordan, he was got name-checked by Salt and Peppa in the oh, dance they, with... They did? Yeah, I they well, I didn't, didn't catch pick the up name on check, it. Yeah. They and changed it from... I was so infatuated with Body like Arnold. Arnold what with a Denzel said? face. They said body like M or Michael B. And then I forget who the face was, but... That place. <laughs> I was so infatuated with In Vogue and Salt and Peppa yeah. happening in front of me. I was like, I was lost. I didn't catch any of the lyrics. I did notice that they were cha- changing it up and modernizing it, but I didn't go back and look at all of them. But that's fun. I had subtitles on. And I, of course, you know I did. Right. The captions are on. That's why I was able to catch it. It was a rehash, right? It was kind of just an homage again. And, you know, when you are the person is Eddie's size, like, you can do that, right? You can... Oh, I don't think anyone. I mean, it was... Do just make the movie, right? I would think. Yeah, you have you have uh, creative license abound <laughs> abounds in this one for sure. You see, his uh, the middle daughter was his daughter. Was his daughter? Oh, really? Yeah, that's cool. I knew that his daughter was in it, so I like looked up each one because I wasn't sure. Well, and then I got to one and whose last name was Murphy. And I'm like, I think we got to figure it out here, Sherlock. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there was the middle daughter, the older daughter. She was really good. I liked her. I did too. Um, I- and I think she's from Chicago. Not that that means anything, but Kiki Lane. I enjoyed her role here, and I think you know, I think they played it well. Like, I think they actually could have played the daughters up a little bit more. Guys, I just found something for the first time, and I mean, I guess it makes sense. She's the first person I've seen on IMDb who doesn't have four known fours. She only has three, and I, this isn't one of them, which probably should just Will put be. it up there, right? So, but I was like, yeah, Refresh. Weird, weird three. Um, sorry, yeah, I, sorry, it distracted me, but uh, yeah, she's in the old garden. I mean, I definitely watched. It. I don't. Don't remember her per se, but I, I liked her. She was really, uh, really good. Here's my Tate technicality: when they're fighting Wesley Snipes in the end, Wesley Snipes would have killed him. That's what I, I had. <laughs> I'm like, no way, Blade goes down that easily. <laughs> Wesley Snipes is like a six degree black belt. <laughs> nah, he's old. <laughs> totally. I mean, they just they let. Well, that, they tag teamed him. Easily. I mean, it was you know he had to with they needed two with table legs. Did you notice what they were fighting? Where did you get those? <laughs> they those. They were his guys. His guys apparently don't have any. Like, well, apparently, do, he's given the kids all the weapons. They the, do, uh, yeah, work out with whatever they can find right. in, the, uh, in the yard. And the guys, his soldiers have table legs, and kids have Kalishnikovs and sarin gas. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Is it Tiana Taylor? As the the daughter. Bapoto? Bapoto. Bapoto. I remember her from like years ago. We know mean? her very well. Years ago, in something, yeah, music and yeah, mu- she's oh. she maybe was maybe it was a song. Yeah, I think she's a singer. Actor. Yeah, she's married to uh, Iman Chumpert. Knew she was married basketball player, mm-hmm. and that's why I, I couldn't remember. I was like one of the Cavs. Thank you for Cavs. saying that because I wouldn't. It, that, it was directed <laughs> for my to you and for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, not not the not the worst cash grab sequel we've ever seen by by any stretch um yeah. and it was fun to revisit the the characters and fun to revisit i mean really i think it was just a vehicle to recreate the famous scenes of the mcdowell's the barbershop well even sexual chocolate all the stuff we talked they about. recreated 
they recreated parts of the original movie. With they add, I mean, they created the whole storyline, right? And, and, and I was they, like, "What's they, this?" They yeah, younged them up. They they did a good job. Yeah, yeah. The CGI was really good to make that look like. I just watched the the other movie the night before. I'm like, "This is pretty good." They, yeah, they did a good job with it. So, I mean, they even brought back Babar the Elephant. Which... They brought back Babar. They brought back Peaches, <laughs> Peaches and Sugar Cube. Oh yeah, the the twins or the whatever. twins. The, yes, the beatboxing twins from oh, the bar. That's again, yeah, the. Uh, I didn't. I don't know where you got that name, but yeah, I, I didn't know that was the name either. But I knew. <laughs> oh, what you're they have. About. They have the. They're on their necklace. Their necklaces are. <laughs> and it was probably in the subtitles. And it must have been. And that was her rap. Like my name is Peaches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the best. I don't remember Sugar Cube. I mean, maybe that's the one that lost me. But yeah, it was. They literally went through that movie and were like, "You, you, you, you." You you're just alive. find ways to parallel the yes. story. You're not going to do too much more. And some of them were probably like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> right? I'm not doing anything since that first movie. The only like new piece of writing was, let's call it Next Doria. <laughs> yeah, because they don't name it in the they first one. They don't in the first one, yeah. What they call but it's it still Next, Colonel Next Izzy. Yeah, still yeah, Colonel Izzy. Yeah, Izzy was, uh, was the same, was, a, was the parallel. Right. Because I'm guessing that's just the son, right? So he's just General Izzy now. Right? General's uh, hired I thought it was Colonel. supposed to be the same... The same guy? Because he was still... Oh, no. no, it wasn't, right? Wesley Snipes was the brother. Oh, okay. Because that's what he says. He's he goes, my sister. you've released my sister have... from her curse. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I mean, that's kind of funny because the last time you see her, she's, she's hopping, hopping away and barking. So he still makes her... He still Assuming that she never stopped doing that for 30 years. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was like, you like that? I was like, okay. I don't... I don't... I don't really, as I'm saying it now, I'm like, I guess it's kind of like... It was one of those things in the writer's room that are probably like, hey, wouldn't that be funny if she was still doing it? And it's like, yeah, kind of. And no one was, no one was afraid. Eddie said it. No one was afraid to say like, no, <laughs> no, don't do that. It's so unbelievable. I don't know. It's yeah. That, that's kind of to me. That kind of that sums up the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. One thing I didn't like. Is I could have done without the product placement. Oh, so bad. I, uh, Pepsi, was Pepsi was Ciroc, Crown Royal. Crown oh, Royal was big. Too. Pepsi was big in the beginning. I yeah. mean, they outright like fourth walled it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oof. I actually do like the, and, and go back to the first one, the fourth, the fourth wall, wall breaks. A, are, cu- are, a couple are, of them. Eric LaSalle and, and Eddie. I don't they, know if anyone else did. That's the only two that I, I saw. It, yeah. it wasn't frequent. So, no, but they like, also, they don't subtle. say anything either. No, they just they look. They just look. And there's like, so did you know? Where palace, palace, you know, I know. Okay, this. so the palace where they felt where it was a painting. It looked like in the first one. Oh, in, in the, the first, first one, one, it's a mat. Yes, because yeah. you can actually see. I was watching for that. Yeah, this morning when I was watching, I was like, you can see where people come in, but they don't like yes fully come in from sure. all the way. So that's like a mat. But the new one, the new one was filmed at someone's actual place. Uh, <laughs> it, I mean, in, in the U.S. Yeah, in, in outside Atlanta. I think. Outside Atlanta, I believe a rapper. Was, yeah. <laughs> outside atlanta it's not luda so don't it'd be a amazing pull on your part but he's actually in the movie he is he's a next dorian commander oh but i don't think martin's gonna pull it but it's it's not any of the outcast guys no it's uh rick ross oh okay but it was I, at rick ross's house that's, essentially that's pretty amazing. that's rick ross's house yeah Jeez. yeah which is uh yeah they said Eddie said, his house is so big, we literally were able to dress it up and make it look like a palace. It's like, the stuff you see where I'm walking on an African plane and there's antelopes running, that's Rick Ross's backyard. <laughs> <laughs> he has like 300 acres. The the princely tests, not, the whisk, did, line whiskers, yeah. that, was, that was silly. Didn't need yeah. it. Didn't need that no. at all. Yeah, that stuff was, 
you know, I think he dipped to the well. It was uh, what it goes back to our having to. It's like back to school, old school. You know, you gotta you gotta qualify. You gotta right pass gotta the pa- test to uh, to move forward. But with the circumcision test that that kind of made me maybe me chuckle. <laughs> I, it was cringy. There was cringy parts in that. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. And the circumcision test was not good. What I thought was funny was when they brought up each kings and then they had <laughs> right Hakeem's and it was like. I don't know why that 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 kind of humor gets me. <laughs> so they traveled to Queens to find. I want to call him Jermaine. I don't they Lavelle. Jermaine. Yeah, yeah. They find Lavelle. And We've then, never been pretty very good about yeah. using the correct. You always name. go by actor's name. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. jump back and forth. So so they find Lavelle. They bring him in, and you know they try to assimilate him, and then he doesn't want to be assimilated all the way. You know he's got to be himself. Another Tate technicality. Why was he wearing so many clothes when he was there? Like when they're out walking to the test, he's like got the zip up, like pullover, and Eddie's just rocking in like a t-shirt and polo or whatever. I would just me thinking from I'm sweating my ass off already. <laughs> it's always amazing. The, the thing it's like <laughs> I really I had I don't even I couldn't even recall what he was wearing. Yeah. So it was like, Puma. Oh, he's got a lot. There's, of, there's a lot of Puma. There was a lot of Puma. <laughs> the daughter was rocking what looked like a football kit uh, Puma. And it actually was. It was like a modified version of like Jamaica. I, th- I think it was an African. I don't know if I put it down. Uh, it was an African team's uh, soccer sh- shirts. They modified it into what she was wearing. I'm like, yeah, look just like that. <laughs> Didn't even try to hide it. No. My favorite cameo on this one, Dikembe Mutombo. Yeah. Dikembe was a nice touch. That, that, yes, I agree. That also because it came out of nowhere. Right. Out of nowhere. <laughs> And he's just normally sitting down, and then he stands no, up and no, he's like, no. "And you're seeing him like all over right now on the Geico commercials are yeah, getting rerun." Yes, I just saw that one again. For it had been so long for and whatever it's so reason. Funny, they're back. Yeah, Mary was so laughing good. at it. The kids just now are seeing it and they think him it's so funny. That big finger. We get to the end and Roman's like, "Wait, wait, wait!" Because he hits the G of the Geico out at the end, and Roman's like waiting. For, I'm like, "Wow, this is uh, <laughs> this is why you reshow this stuff." It's really, it's really good. That's really well done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're they obviously saw that coming. And they're like, hey, let's cash in on that Dikembe. Dikembe cash. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Trevor Noah. He was a good, uh, mm-hmm. a good news analyst. But uh, and then did you catch the ZNN? This is ZNN. I did. Joe yeah, Jones caught it, and uh, it was a nice touch. Yeah, he was there. So why not <laughs> use him? Why not? We got him. I don't think this one's gonna win any awards, guys. I mean, award season's coming up. They got it. They got an opportunity. I don't know. I don't think this is it. Maybe too late. It came out too late. Yeah, just missed. I mean, probably gonna people are probably gonna forget about it by next year. So, well, I mean, in fairness, like Eddie, Eddie got a lot of cred for "My Name Is Dolomite," and I didn't actually was, see it. Yeah, I watched it. It was it was good, and and it was like it was different, you know, different and unique, and all about camera. Rudy Ray Moore. Rudy, Rudy Ray Moore. Thank you. So this, yeah, this is just. I think it's good that good to see Eddie back. He looked good. You know, hopefully he does a lot more. He stuff. looked a lot better than Arsenio did. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> like, yeah, you have, we haven't seen him in a while, so like, I'm I'm all for more original and new Eddie stuff. So if this kind of is this along with um, my name is Dolomite is like a, a jumping off point for him, so be it. Let's do it. Let's um, have more Eddie Murphy in our lives. You know, Murphy said this sequel came about. Do you know that Ryan Coogler at one point tried to make a sequel and never it never really could go anywhere and Murphy didn't like it. He didn't like Kugler's idea for the sequel. Yeah, probably um, would have been but, better than this. But it, right. <laughs> it got him thinking about making one. That kind of like spawned it, like someone else trying and him not liking it. Yeah. Who's to say? But uh, Kugler had his hand uh, 
Coogler's ready like, to rock like, and roll. Do Black Panther and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So whatever. I mean, I you know, I don't think it's gonna hurt Coogler in any way, but it's uh it got this here. And apparently Eddie already has an idea for the third, but he doesn't want to make it until he's seventy five. Okay. Actually seventy five. So right. I would assume it involves a grandkid, but <laughs> All right. And then he doesn't need any makeup for the old guys in the barbershop. So, yeah, so assuming he makes it that long, there may be a third um well down the line. <laughs> Aha! Aha! <laughs> Yours is better. That was good. <laughs> well, as always, thanks for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're currently enjoying this podcast. You can find and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at our O U R Film Fathers. Thanks, and go to bed. The blue face was over the black face. <laughs> 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 <laughs>